0: And look, on one hand, she's got all that stuff you know, she's a serious political commentator. And then if you look at her Instagram, it's all pictures of her bums and her boobs. So what is it? What is it here? She can't be both. Bo- Hello
1: and welcome to The Troll Meets. I'm Gemma Forte. And I'm Marina Perkis. And on The Troll Meets, Gemma and I get to chat
2: with someone we admire and or find interesting. We discuss political topics
1: they're passionate about and we explore their unique experience of and views on social media. And today the troll meets someone who's been named by Vogue as one of the top 25 women who are defining and redefining the UK. She can fly a plane. She's got an IQ of 154 and has been labelled the real leader of the opposition. And not just by journalists at The Times and The Guardian, but also by a large proportion of anybody on social media who is sick to death of this classic show of a government.
2: I reckon you've guessed who it is. But another clue. The Times wrote, the Countdown legend and tabloid favourite now makes headlines for calling out government failings on everything from PPE to Partygate and has no intention of backing down. Thank goodness. So, she's on X. She's currently got 950,000 followers and on Instagram she's got 542,000 always rising. And... She's a beacon of hope for many. For me, I'm sure for you, Gemma, as well. And, well, she will never escape this music. Mm-hmm. Yes, today's The Troll meets Carol
1: Vordman. <laughs> Carol. Thank you so much for doing this with us. We are so thrilled. Oh, it's
3: a joy.
1: But just quickly picking up on your IQ... Okay, because I think it's really interesting just to give a little bit of context around that. So yours is 154, apparently, if Google has served me correctly, yeah. which is only six points lower than recognized genius Stephen Hawking, <laughs> whose IQ was recorded at 160. Yeah. So apparently, anybody over 130 is a gifted individual, and the average adult's IQ is around 100. So I want to know, what age were you when you realized you were
3: clever? <laughs> well nobody told you you were clever when i when when i was growing up so i so i was born in 1960 a uh, single parent family my parents split up when i was uh two or three weeks old i think and uh so i grew up in abject poverty in north wales because my mom's welsh and uh with my mum and my brother and my sister so i went to like the little local um catholic school and then i went to a comp and i was a preschool meals kid you know and all of that so but you just did what you did you didn't go oh i'm clever i just happened to be faster at sums which i loved so they put me up a year when i was about 4 mm-hmm. i think uh, That's and quite I stayed, quick. That's quite an early yeah, age to be yeah, spotted for university. And then I stayed up a year. I went to uh, the comp and, the, uh, and did O levels as they were called back then in the seventies, and I did very well. And the headmaster said, "So, so you're going to go to university?" Because back then, only four percent mm. across, and that included like private schools, went to university. It wasn't a thing, you know, by and large, because I only ever wanted to be an RAF fighter pilot. He said, oh, good, good, good. You know, so where are you going to go? And I thought, well, if I'm going to be a fighter pilot, because there has never been a woman fighter pilot before, then I need to do something like called engineering in the best university that I could think of. Obviously, I didn't know anyone had been to university. I mean, that was how it was. And you couldn't Google anything, you know, because the internet hadn't even been thought of. So it's like, uh, I've heard of Oxford and Cambridge. I'm going to go to Cambridge. And he laughed because um, no one yeah. from, I think, North Wales a woman had been to Cambridge before, you know, and it's like, oh... Well, that's what I'm going to do, you know. Because the more people go, well, don't mean daft, the more determined. I, I have a stubborn streak. I don't know if you've noticed, Ooh. girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say stubborn rather than any other adjective.
2: Just on your intelligence and your IQ, a bit of a fact here, I found out. Someone, a Tory MP, has got the same IQ as you, 154.
3: Can I guess? It's definitely not Boris Johnson. Marc Francois? Oh, seriously? Sorry, no, that's his blood pressure. <laughs> 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 Sorry.
1: Connect
2: yourself.
3: It will be um, when he <laughs> <use> hears that joke.
2: <laughs> so... We can't talk to you out referencing Countdown. <laughs> you were on the show for 26 years yeah. and you did more than 4,500 shows. Yes. So during our Carol Trawl, which was a joy, we found this clip which we think is just wonderful, partly because it demonstrates the caliber of Countdown contestant. Have a listen.
0: All right, 813 then, John. I think I've got 813. Okay. Hola. Uh, eight oh one. That's too far. Eight oh one. Okay. Well, he thinks he's got eight one three. Let's see if he has. Um, seventy five minus ten is sixty five.
3: Seventy five minus ten is sixty
0: five. Um, times that by twenty five gives you one thousand six hundred twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> That's his old
3: again. Multiply that by twenty five, and that gives you
0: one six two five. I think. I hope. Yes. Add one. I yes. what? Yes,
3: <laughs> I love this. 16:26.: um,
0: Times by 50 gives you 81,300. <laughs> Insane.
3: gives <laughs> you go on 80.: 80.
0: 81,300.
3: 81,003. I'm just taking your
0: word for it now. Yes, and go on. divide by 100. And then divide by 100. Ta-da! Oh. Yes. Wow. So
1: impressive,
3: right? That
0: was
1: one to remember, that one. It's hard for people now, like younger people, to imagine how watched telly was because yeah. they only had a handful of channels, so Countdown was absolutely massive. But, you know, when you think as well that when it came to an end, it made headline news. So have a listen to this. The woman, famed for her mathematical wizardry, has been the show's numbers queen since the programme first aired on Channel 4 in 1982.
0: Hello, hello, good evening, and as the countdown to a brand new channel ends, a brand new countdown begins. countdown, in fact, is about numbers as well as letters, and we figure we've got a pretty good figure ruling that part of the game. Meet our vital statistician, Carol Vorderman. She's a Cambridge graduate.
1: And since then, we've seen Carol's various on-screen transformations throughout her time on the show. Those hairstyles and, of course, those fashions. Ah, oh, brilliant. Now, it's your face has been quite emotional while well, we've listened to the countdown clips. Of course, it was a massive part of your life. And it's also been well documented that the departure was a bit difficult for you. So bit? Gosh. I know. Yeah. So, But, you know, time passes, and then perhaps in life you, with hindsight, go, God, that happened for a reason. So I suppose what I'm trying to get at is at that point in time, if somebody had said to you, you're going to end up being an anti-Tory political activist.
3: <laughs> R- would you believe them? Well, no. Yeah, you just don't know where life takes you, do you? I have to say, I'd never have guessed that's where I'd end. But it, you know, I've, I feel as though I have—I have I've never felt so protected by people, real people with real voices, and I'm just this channel, really, for people who felt they had no voice to be able to be heard. That's all I am. And can I just
2: say, on behalf of myself and Gemma, and I'm sure many trawlers, thank God you are. Yeah.
1: Yeah, in fact, before we start recording the pod, you mentioned at one point today how you'd been on Twitter, what was it, 15 months doing this. I was like, is that it? Mm, Like the impact that you've had in such a
3: short space of time. So you don't do things by halves, do you? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't, but I, I... It's a very important thing for me is that this absolutely is not about me in any way. And I'm not being, oh, she's just being modest. I'm not because I try to scroll through as much as I can and and, and get involved in what people want me to get involved in. And that that is the purpose of it all. Yeah, Yeah. I think people aren't stupid. They can tell when someone's
1: authentic. Mm. You know, they can. That's why they're relating, because I think you don't have an agenda other than I want to point out all this stuff that nobody
3: else is pointing out. You know, people who are paid to do this stuff, journalists, as they call themselves, not all. There are some excellent journalists, by the way, but there are a lot of them who aren't doing their job for whatever reason. And nothing makes me more angry than that. That is your job. That is the fundamental purpose of what you do. And when they don't, as you might tell, I kind of explode. Yeah. You can't relate, can you, Marina?
2: <laughs> I explode but- on a daily basis. <laughs> yes. I, mean, like, I, I think, open, open my eyes in the morning and um, my first thing is, uh, well, my kids in, in bed with me at the moment, so it's ah. his, his mug right there. Um, and I look at my phone and it doesn't take long before something is really... I agree pissed me off. Yeah. And it's just another like attack on democracy or it's another just um, spending of our money or whatever it is and I just get furious about it and it, you, mm. it's good to have that outlet and actually it's not now just a sharing of fury, it's a this is what's going on, you need to know what's happening this is where we need to take control of the situation and we've got an election coming up
3: so mm. we've got some very important things coming I th- up. I and- absolutely think, and I think because people who put their trust in us and what we're saying, if you like, I don't mean that to sound grand because it's not meant to sound grand, but people who follow you, me, um, we have a responsibility to give information to get and to make sure that we're as accurate as possible, and. You know, that's how, that's what yeah. I feel.
2: Minute, I feel the The minute I, I'm so, in fact, the, the bigger my platform's got, so I don't know, it yeah. must be even more so for you. I have to be accurate. I have to check everything. Perfect. Because the moment that I do report something that's fake news or I don't think something through before I, I post yeah. it, you lose credibility. And then people don't know who to trust at the moment. Yeah. And so you need to make sure that everything you do is completely like, watertight. Yes, but, I would agree. You know, I've tweeted
1: a couple of times where I perhaps... Haven't got it spot on, and it eats me up, and then I end up deleting it because it's like, oh, you because it's embarrassing. Yes. So, but but why don't
3: some much more prolific people have that feeling of? Well, because uh, they're different people. Yeah, they're just different people. They're different characters. Mm. And now the evidence is there for everybody to see that yeah. it was all a lie. The Tories, I use that a generic term, mm-hmm. lie. And lie again, mm-hmm. as you said to mm-hmm. Jacob Rees-Mogg, and that brilliant clip that uh, you brought back uh, last week, when you went on that singular time on GB News, and they lie and they lie, and you said to him, and you were absolutely right, and you con people, and it is con, it's fraud, yeah, on yeah. the on the population, and yeah. and for any so-called journalist to support that, they are not being. Journalists, They simply aren't. If they see that somebody has lied, a politician has lied, and they're not calling it out, they are not doing this their This is
2: because the media landscape has been corrupted. It's been corrupted by, uh, in my opinion, at the BBC. There are too many people at the heads there. We've got people like Sir Robbie Gibb, Tim Davey. These people who have got very, like... Prominent Tory backgrounds, but then also the press is the way it's all structured. You, yeah. if you If you want, if you look at Laura Koonsberg, it's having access to those Tory MPs. Tory MPs aren't going to grant access to reporters that are going to, you know, really scrutinise the hell out of them. Instead, they're going to go and work on GB News, where their mates like Christopher Hope is like mates with uh, with the with the MPs that work there, and then mm-hmm. it's just this like belly tickle of an interview and actually that's not what it's supposed to be. How are you supposed to hold power to account?
1: Yeah, there's a ridiculous moment with the head of culture the Secretary of State for Culture, Lucy Fraser. Which one one is it this week? (laughs) Dory's replacement. And uh, who said uh, you know, the BBC is biased. Couldn't really give an example of that. And then went on to say that GB News was really balanced. Balanced.
3: Like, on what planet? Uh, On what planet? (laughs) On what planet? Yeah. And For me, I don't live in London. I live in Bristol. I have lived all over the country in my time, Leeds for a long time, obviously North Wales. I've only ever lived in London for five years, about 20 years ago. And I see life quite differently. And the Westminster bubble, which obviously comes from the House of Parliament and spreads outwards. And those journalists who are within that, and I'm not saying all journalists, but the the essence of that industry, because it's an industry and it's a small one, is wrong. And the beauty of social media and the power of social media is that it goes, huh, crack. And the cracks are there because we can see what's yeah. happening yeah. and we can go, not having it. I'm not having it. And actually, between a number of us, millions of people, so I, you know, all of us can post a video, and it will get 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, 8 million views. And we don't have to go inside the bubble to do that. And I think that is the power that social media Uh, gives us when it's used correctly.
1: I also think that there should be some law brought in. In fact, maybe we should lobby Labour about this, that if you've wiped billions off the economy in a day, you shouldn't be allowed to give any more interviews. I don't think Liz Truss should be allowed to tell us what she thinks anymore. And quasi-quoting, I don't care. Yeah, and like, Pat- Patrick she they shouldn't be an economist sack. anymore. And there's this whole thing about freedom of speech. It's like, no, no, talk to whoever you like. Go into the pub and ramble at everybody. Yeah. But don't amplify her views as if they're worth listening to Because what you did, if it was in any sort of business company, if you went in, you know, you have a proper job, and you went and just lost them millions of pounds tomorrow, you'd be fired. That would be that, right?
0: So why <laughs> are you still Gemma,
1: Gemma, that new law, as much as I am
2: in support of it, yeah. would render most Tories <laughs> jobless.
1: <laughs> we find it really interesting that your particular bugbear, and it's fantastic because it's what spurred you on, is corruption. You can't yeah, stand I can't it. Bear it. I so not it. I Bear it. Yeah, and perhaps triggered by your relationship, I mean, in inverted commas, with Michelle Moan. But for our trawlers, we're going to do a quick recap in case they don't know who she is or what she's done. So this is, and I know you've shared this video, this is Dr. Mina Viz speaking on a video which was made by Led by Donkeys, which they played on a huge screen, which they then drove around London on the back of a truck. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's ace. Today, I'm going to tell you a story It's a story about greed. It's a story about a Conservative peer who used her political connections to make millions of pounds out of useless PPE. And this was whilst nurses and doctors in the NHS struggled on the front line. Wowie, what a story, eh? What a nice little
3: bedtime tale. And it's that profiteering from a bloody Uh, pandemic, isn't it? I mean, you know, when that first lockdown happened, and obviously everything was a build-up towards that And everybody that I knew and you knew, I have no doubt, were trying to help, Mm. you know, in every single way. Kids were using their 3D printers in order to try and make some bits that they could do to help. Everybody was, everybody. I have an online math school uh, with Pearson education and we would normally have uh, charged uh, about a pound a week. Uh, for subscription, and I'm very proud of that. Um, online school has been running for many years. So, we said if the schools clo- are more or less closed, we will go free of charge to everybody, we will refund people who'd already paid for the year, and we will take on. What I didn't realize is that half a million children would become registered with us. Wow. And we provided it free of charge for four and a half months. It cost a lot of money, but everyone had that spirit. Well, patently, not everybody. I cannot understand the headspace where somebody says, I know, I'm going to make a crap load here, ha! and no one will ever know. Nothing to see here. And every single contract that went through that VIP PPE lane, which they denied its very existence, every single one came from a Conservative Member of Parliament Minister yeah. up here. No, every Labour, there's no single, single oh, no, no party. One. Yeah. And it accounted for many billions of pounds. Not a few million here and there. Billions of pounds that they denied and it was only because of Byline Times and Good Law Project and going on. And And then it was, oh, well, it was was the time of the pandemic. It was the time of the pandemic. No, nobody's offered the money back, nothing. And most, almost half of it was un- Usable. It's still, and I think I think it doesn't land as well
2: because people don't understand the difference between a million pounds and a billion pounds. It's actually really hard to get your head around how much a billion pounds is Mm. and how much they wasted when they're telling nurses and doctors they can't have their pay. So I'll
3: give you an equivalence. Okay. Uh, If they gave all the junior doctors a thirty-five percent pay rise, which was you know their first pitch, that would cost less than a billion pounds a year. So what they put into that VIPPE lane, which on average every single item cost eighty percent more than all of the other contracts, all to Tory cronies. Yeah. So what they put through there could have paid for that enormous pay rise. For about a decade. Yeah, and then it really bugs me when they say
1: we've put so much money into the NHS and they were including that, that money in the figures.
3: So people yeah. are going, oh, they've invested. No, they no, haven't. No, they have not. And that is just PPE. That's not test and trace. Yeah, well, I've tweeted
2: about this. I've lost sleep before because of the amount of profiteering that went on. That test and trace, again, I try and think about it in a context of like my work and how on earth you could spend that it much money billion, wasn't it? on something that was found to have had no impact,
3: literally none. <laughs> that was and that was the it.
2: assessment, and the National Audit Office. I think that was their assessment of it. Yeah. the The amount of money there, and there was no need to start from scratch with a brand new app. Whatever we could, I know the whole. It wasn't just the app, by the way. That was also the you know all the test centres and what have you. But we just didn't need to do it. Other countries did it for a
3: fraction, yeah, yeah. a
2: fraction of the price. Yeah. Um, on the whole Moan thing, a bit of an unexpected consequence of that whole scandal, which is ongoing, is now that the stench of dodginess that surrounded Michelle Moan has sort of gone on to her husband as well now. Um, have a listen to him in
0: this clip here. This is Douglas but His greatest love is his 55-metre yacht. You have to spend it on something. There's a limit to how many houses you can have, any private air travel, so therefore, a lot of people come to the conclusion, I'm going to have one of these. He's made millions in finance and hasn't been shy about showing off just how many millions, telling the world in a 2022 documentary million-pound megayachts. I think I'd have to say that everything you look at is expensive <laughs> on the yacht. But campaigners and those burned as he made his money aren't so celebratory. I think it's deeply corrosive for people to be able to rip other people off, rip the tax man off, and get away with it. Mm.
3: Except they weren't. No. Way.
2: But, but what's interesting now is that, so Dan Needle, who is the tax yes. lawyer, who
3: is so worth a I call, a call him the ra- I, when I text... Dan, which I do often, the ru- the Robin Hood of tax law oh. He says I'd rather be Batman. <laughs> I think he prefers the outfit. This yeah.
2: guy is incredible. He knows he was one of the best at law firms. Um, I think in, in the globe, clever chance, chance yeah. clever chance, and he knows his shit. My God, and he, as a result of this, he's now investigated, done his own investigations into how Douglas Barrman set up a number of his companies in
3: what are called the loan charge. Scandal. Yes. That's the essence of it.
2: Exactly, which yes. is another thing, another scandal that he's now embroiled in. Yes. Which... And the latest is that, I believe, some of their assets, including the Belgravia
3: House, has been yes. has been seized. So the loan charge scandal is a true scandal. When a lot of people, when the HMRC introduced what's called IR35 for a lot of freelancers and so on, Barrowman was one of the people who set up, and which is where he made his money, through various companies, oh, come to us, we can do... It's like a slight tax avoidance scheme, which many people, even social care workers and so on, we're not talking about wealthy people here, took part in because they were pro- they were promised by his company that it was all kosher, it was all fine, they would sort the tax out, this, that and the other. I won't go into all the detail because mm-hmm. it is a complex issue. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that upset me the most about the PPE scandals
1: when legitimate people yeah. were being interviewed going well we, we've been trying to get in touch we've got everything good Absolutely. to go this is what we do we're all ready like Absolutely. you say with the best intentions really good motivations yeah. wanting to help their country wanting to protect people and, all the right things, and to do it without making yeah. profit at yeah all.
3: yeah we're all yeah. good to
1: go can't can't get through can I ask though as much as it's Great to
2: finally see some like justice being served, or at least it seems like it's going in that direction. Do you think Michelle Moan is being made a scapegoat? No, you don't. Well, her defence is there's all these other companies. No, but because who because the to-
3: Department of Health has sued other people, uh, so we should explain that there was two hundred and three million pounds of contracts was made out of two contracts. Uh, the second one for one hundred and twenty-two million pounds was for gowns. That were unusable. Uh, she denied and threatened journalists. She then lied. To, so she lied to journalists. She lied to the public. She lied to her lawyers, and then lied about her lawyers. One of whom is demanding an apology because she said uh, on her marketing video, which was called an investigative yes. documentary that, that they paid for, laughable. Um, that oh my lo- my lawyers told me yeah. to, to mm-hmm. lie. They didn't, right? So it goes on and on and on. So that is a civil case where the Department of Health and Social Care is trying to reclaim that money on behalf of the taxpayer, plus the storage costs, plus plus plus. So it's a plus interest, etc. So it's around about one hundred and forty million that they're trying to get back. Separately, there is a criminal investigation going on by the National Crime Agency because of that investigation. 75 million pounds worth of assets have been frozen. It's two separate issues. She's trying to conflate it because that's what people like her do. So, oh, yeah, I'm being made a scapegoat. No, mm. mind you, Rachel Reeves, who I speak to, has announced that should Labour come to power, she, she's a shadow chancellor, she will immediately appoint a COVID corruption commissioner who will go after all of them so that's what i want that is see. a
2: good policy it's a
3: great policy
1: yeah. you know we used to have a little thing on the trawl where every time we spoke about corruption it was corruption
3: corruption corruption, corruption. corruption. we've been singing it all the time <laughs> yeah you know there is there are things that can be done yeah and laws that can be changed and here's a really important one that rachel reeves is and i'm not labor but I hope that we have a change of government. I know we're going to have a change of government with the system that we have at the moment, which isn't PR. It's one or the other, isn't it? I can't change um, that. None of us can change that mm -hmm. for now. So Rachel Reeves is also looking at introducing um, new laws which are fraud on the taxpayer. If it's fraud on the taxpayer, the only people who can be done for that at the moment are those who try to cheat welfare state benefits. The little person, not not the corporations, the the Fujitsus, the this, the that, the other. So that is a critical law to go through.
1: Right, we're going to do a little change in direction. Oh, now. right. Okay. I want to ask you. In fact, I'll ask both of you. Did you bring your boobs and your bum with you today? <laughs> I got up in the morning, I screwed mine on. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot to put my bum on, that's at home. Oh, chum. Yeah, but you, yeah. have you only got one? Because apparently, one. according to Sean Bailey, I have more than one. <laughs> I've got different ones for different moods. I have big, big batty days. I have smaller batty days. It just depends. A little bit. <laughs> um No, they tend to come with me wherever I go, my bloody bosoms. Um, so I'm pretty sure you've probably heard this clip and we're going to have a little refresher because, I mean, it's a joy this is sean bailey who (laughs) Uh, parted during lockdown he at one point wanted to be uh, lord mayor of london and this is him speaking about our carol on guess what everybody only gb news
0: and look, on one hand, she's got all that stuff of, you know, she's a serious political commentator. And then if you look at her Instagram, saw pictures of her bums and her boobs. So what is it? What is it, what is it here? She can't be both.
2: <laughs> we're laughing now, but when, because we have a little bit of a group yeah. chat, don't we? Yeah. And when yeah. this happened, I was fucking raging. Yeah. I was raging. My bosoms were throbbing. <laughs> What about your bums?
1: My bum was rattling like that. <laughs> but then I couldn't have an opinion at the same time, no. so I had to wait One for that. Other. Yeah, One or it. the other, <laughs> So Bloody
3: that hell. was Sean Bailey. Now Lord Sean Bailey is mm. in the he House is. of Lords. Oh, yeah. So, yes, I clipped that mm. and put it out and labelled him Sexist Sean Bailey. Yeah. And <laughs> also, at the same time, just reminded people who hadn't been aware of how he had partied and had been fined during Covid times mm-hmm. uh, and various other bits and pieces about yeah. his past, um, which he really <laughs> <laughs> didn't like at all. Oh. Funny, that. But um, I mean, also, I
1: mean, let's unpack it a bit. Obviously, you know... Uh, interesting how sexism comes into play sometimes women with opinions and you do get a different level of uh critique shall we say so like we we genuinely both did feel like really irritated on just behalf of all women hearing that like did you feel livid yeah Yeah.
3: but i thought got you there Sean. that's how i feel so i have i think i've told you on Twitter, muted words, which means you don't see them on the timeline. Mine are Botox, slag, slut, whore, la, 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 la. I mean, you know, Mm. it's bad that you have to do that, but I do it because I can't be bothered with the idiots who do all of that, right? And because I'm older and because, you know, I've been slagged by the press over the years and all of that kind of thing, I, I, I'm battle-scarred and happy with who I am, if that, if that makes sense. With him, I thought, hmm, let us highlight this and put it out there. Uh, and what was wonderful was the response, not just from women, but from the majority of men who are not like that. Yeah. This isn't women versus men. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is people like him. Versus good people, yeah. whatever sex they are. So, uh, and the response was—I mean, huge. Mm. It was massive. And then, of course, he went on, you know, to go say she's a bullet. Oh, I mean, you yeah. just sometimes really just on the trolling that you get. What's the real life experience? Because there's so much trolling
2: online, but in real life, do you get any trouble? Never. That's, See, that's, that's so what Gary Lineker said as but well. But it, it just tells me that these people are just pure keyboard warriors. They've just... They they would never dare come up to you and say to your face, you're X, Y, and Z, and yet they are so brave behind their, like, faceless picture, Brian, Union Jack,
3: 57321. Like, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you only get people coming up to you, I'm sure, like you say, shaking your head. amazing. People are amazing. And I live a relatively normal life, you know, uh, as I say. I don't live in London, I live in Bristol. I walk around. <laughs> Maybe people don't recognise me, but so many people since this political stuff started. Normally they go, oh, "Well, hi, Carol." You know, now it's, "Please don't stop doing what you're doing." Mm. And I, I don't. I genuinely don't say that in any other way than I know. I feel a responsibility now mm. to show people. I, I get frustrated with myself. When I spot, like you said, when you wake up, you look at your phone, it's 14 things that I want to relay, mm. and I'm just an old bird with an iPhone. I, You know, I probably spend eight hours a day trying to do it because I think I've got to re- report on that, but I need to go and get the data from here, and I'm trying to screenshot and crop and... Do The thing to and then and then compose and make sure it's right and then put it out and then respond to, to, to people as well. You know, I could do with a little team to be perfectly honest. <laughs> oh, with, god, tell me about it! <laughs> it's just, yeah. But it's just me and you, it's just you, and you, it's just you. But you can only try your best, mm. you really can only and try your best. You can go on Instagram and
1: have fun there too, or be in the gym lifting weights, which actually I think is really bloody aspirational and inspiring, you know, making people get in shape and all of that. And also look sexy and all of that. And like, you know, it it also, I'm happy to say, like you say, it's just idiots versus good people because it isn't an age thing either. Like I'm very close to my dad and he happened to be around when that was going on. I said, have you seen that? And he just went, oh, I didn't even give it like two minutes thought, like for for anybody, male or female, to not understand that somebody can... Do this and do this. It's like, yes, bizarre. Bizarre. I felt very, very irritated by um, female uh, commentators who didn't come together on that because of politics.
2: Hartley Brewer. Brewer. Okay, she's named, she's shamed. Yeah, Uh, I'm going to name.
1: Yeah, I did think it was out of order, actually. I just thought, no, this isn't about politics.
3: (laughs) Did did you just really say? (laughs) I thought Julia Hartley Brewer was out of order. Can we just.
2: Yeah, big shot. I I mean, mean, uh, she's permanently like a shit toilet. (laughs) Always out of order.
3: (laughs) Always out of Uh, order. But you see, all of that group, I don't address them because. They're not mm. worth addressing. Mm. Yeah. I, I genuinely... it it's such a know. shame, but, like, as women, you know,
1: who've, who will have come against sexism and misogyny, especially in the earlier part of their
3: careers, you'd yeah. think they would have called that out and gone, no, nah, no, nah, nah. mm. no. Of course they don't, know because they're not they're of a certain mindset and that's what pays their wages. So well, I responded to one of
2: her tweets uh, where she was basically not showing any solidarity, quite the opposite, with, I basically Googled her to find shots of her in her cleavage, which was a weird, which, a weird search for me to conduct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> your husband finding your search history going,
2: <laughs> but yeah. she's got, there are some shots where she's got tops and there's a bit of cleavage. Her, on breasts, sh-
1: were her. Yeah, her breasts were attached to her. Ah, her breasts were attached,
2: but also low, low, low cut top but my and? tweet to her yeah. was look at your boobs here fabulous yeah. like it's your opinions I don't like like you can have boobs and you can why do you have to be like like you say what is it wearing a, a sackcloth yeah you have to wear a sackcloth mm. like bowl haircut
3: I think you do
1: I might teach my boobs to speak
3: that would solve <laughs> oh everything God, that'd be amazing hang on a minute what do
1: you think about let's do it I've got a right wing tit and <laughs> well, I've got a left wing tit but the right ones the right wing <laughs> one's a real tit <laughs> Speaking of real
2: tits, um, Leanderson, Le <laughs> speak out my arse sometimes oh. as well. This is the thing, so because you've had obviously that from Sean Bailey, Leanderson, who's the yeah. deputy chairman of the Conservative Party, he <laughs>
3: said, former former, 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 former deputy chair before, post. I'm a man of, I can't do his accent, I'm a man of principle, I think it was something to do with Rwanda, wasn't it? Yeah. I forget now. And he must I, have been sniggled at Carol. And then, I'm voting against the government and then he went into the no lobby or whatever it was at at the nay and he and then he was being sniggled at he was being (laughs) sniggled by those labour people so he didn't go into the yes he just went home yeah yeah what an idiot yeah on principle but but he's another one that has come for you
2: with some awful comments which i'm not going to repeat here and then you've also had uh, (laughs) there's another tory mp (laughs) with a very um was vocal quite vocal wife as well that uh, has come for you but we will not going to that but my my point being what do you make of the fact that these aren't just random trolls Brian 345721 oh, these, these are people within the party of government and in some of them like and being or, uh, paid know,
3: handsomely uh, for yes and, yeah. and
2: in senior positions what do you make of the fact that they are coming for you on a
3: personal level well it says everything about them doesn't it I, but it, I, to me it says that the code of conduct is not strict enough so I should be able to report that as a member of the public. I mean, you know, all MPs get abuse. So even those who we like, who have good politics, will get abuse from the right. So they're, they're, it, it, there's a, a balance where they must be able to address things. But that is active abuse against me. Um, I, I just... I don't give monkeys about Lee Anderson. I mean, that's the truth. I just, I basically, yeah, you just—it's just a bell. It's to me. I just think, gotcha. Mm, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, um, because you know- then it, here's the evidence. I'm, I'm all about producing the evidence, and I do feel that there is a, a solid change, which will happen this year by the end of this year, and then, wow where are they going to go from there? Because I I hope that more than 300 of of them disappear. Mm. They can only have so many presenters at GB News, can't they? (laughs) (laughs) They've only got so many hours in the day. Okay, here's my (laughs) prediction. Yeah. I reckon, because GB News, as far as I understand, isn't making any money. uh, And so people are shoveling money into it. When the Tories are decimated at the general election, I'm so there for it. Uh, Obviously, through Stop the Tories, Stop Vote, there's a practical uh, application with tactical voting. I think we can get them down to 70 seats or less. In other words, absolutely destroy them together, everybody. Um, And then what's the purpose of GP News? That It has no purpose. Who's going to carry on shoveling money into it? I predict that within 18 months... It will close down. There you go, you
1: heard it here yeah. first. Now yeah. I'm very sorry to do this to you, okay? Because they oh, do what? it to Gary Lineker all the time over. They devote hours and hours of programming to uh, having a go at you. So we wouldn't usually put you through it, but we thought in a way it might be fun. Because <laughs> then you can you can address what oh, this uh, no presenter, Patrick. What Patrick Christie is saying, oh. and then you can have your right to reply. Oh, really? Do mm, I have to? Yeah, you do. Oh, go on. <laughs>
0: Well, Carol Vorderman appears to have gone full tonto again. This time she's waded into the debate about veterans' homelessness and it must have been really hard for Carol to hide her extreme left-wing views when she was cozying up to David Cameron after he made her the Tory government's maths czar. Ugh.
3: Wake me up when it's all over. It's interesting willing. how
2: they try, they did with me as well, they try and portray you as... Um, An extreme lefty. (laughs) Like, anyone that opposes the government is an extreme lefty. They are Marxists, they are a communist.
3: The the, the key key to it is just not give them oxygen. I mean, it's pathetic. Mm. Anyway, uh, they'll be looking for jobs in what... But didn't they they approach you for a job? Yes, they did. So when I resigned from the BBC by Twitter, as I call it, they gave me a list of words, phrases that I couldn't use, and then I woke up one morning and thought, what? <laughs> I, and then bashed the keyboard with everything that I wasn't meant to say. So uh, then the managing director contacted me, of GB News contacted me and said, oh, it's about time you came and looked at the studios or something similar wording, uh, blah, 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 blah. Fundamentally thinking, oh, oh, I really need a job. Oh, I'm so desperate for a job. I go on GB no so i didn't respond yeah
1: at no all. of course I, not. but i
3: sat on it for a while and then i just put it out on twitter uh, mm. you know which was like ah! Ha.
1: okay tactical voting tactical Ooh, voting bye. we're all quite agreed aren't we here yes. that that is probably the way the best way to get the tories out So
3: you're really championing that, yes. Um, So we shouldn't have to tactical vote. No, I'm not saying, oh yeah, let's do this every. I'm fundamentally saying our democracy is so broken that we have this two party system. It's a bit like in America, you know, you either you're you know a GOP or you're a um, Republican or or Democrat, and that is not good for all of us. So what? What I do want eventually is proportional representation, some form of it.
2: Can yeah. I ask a question then? Because you've got, you've got some inroads with the Labour
3: Party. And Lib Dems and Greens. OK, so let's say Labour
2: get into power. Yeah. Do you think that we will have any chance to lobby them yeah. for proportional representation? And do you think they could listen? Yes. Bloody good.
1: Great. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, we we had uh, Jenny Jones, the Green Peer on, uh, on, it, yeah. on the troll meets. And she's yeah. fabulous. And obviously, for obvious reasons, she's really against tactical voting because she's desperate to get more Green MPs in. So we sort of, you know, didn't quite agree on that because I was saying, well, Jenny, I'm precisely what you're describing.
3: I might vote Green if I thought there was, you know, any point. Well, here's the... Point. Here, well, precisely. Yeah. And here's the interesting thing, because if I were to say to you... Uh, right, we have the system we have now. Who are you going to vote for in your constituency? Who would you vote for? You go, well, I'm going to tactically
1: vote. Yeah, so it'd be Lib I Dem don't... in mine because it's Lib Dem or Cons. We've got Lib Dem. We've got Zach Goldsmith out.
3: Fine. Perfect. So mm. you, you would vote Lib Dem. I'm in a Labour constituency, so I don't, <laughs> you know, that's fine. But if I then said to you, PR exists, mm. So your vote really does count. Yeah. As then, a percentage of the total
1: voting. Yeah. Who would you vote for? Well, this is it. I don't know. I'd be pouring through those manifestos. For me, it would be between exactly. Green Labour and Lib Dem. And I don't. couldn't tell you right now. And no, that would be brilliant. and that's brilliant. fine. That would feel But like
3: they s- would have to work a lot harder exactly. for it. Yeah. At the moment, it's flip the coin 50-50 fact, Red or black, does it run yeah. on the, you know, red or blue, actually. Half of why Johnson got in with this so-called landslide was an anti-Jeremy Corbyn vote. Mm-hmm. And half of what will happen with Labour is half of an anti-Tory vote. So in the uh, 2019 election, of the total elect- electorate, uh, obviously, you know, a proportion of those did not, vote, of the total who could vote, Tories, even with this landslide, only got 29.3% of the vote and 100% of the power and the wrecking ball of all time. That is not democracy. And if you went to people now and said, actually, what would you want? It's like, uh, no, no, they shouldn't. I wish they hadn't gone into power. So the vast majority didn't want them, but they had the 100%. And it was absolute power because of the, the way it's set up. Their seat majority was enormous. Um, that can't be right. And so what I want to see in the future is a system that provides the ultimate hope for people where they really feel, I would even consider, as I have in Australia, mandatory voting. Yeah. So if you don't vote, you get a fine you know small fine but you know you get fined um and I'd like to consider that because young people have to understand it's about their lives exactly. not about my life yeah you know I've had my best part of my life in 63 you know how many more years have I got left 10 20 or 30 you know it's a it's a finite number it's about you when I have You know, a 26-year-old, 31-year-old, it's about them and how they they want to change their world to suit what they want. You know, it's not about me. But it's not interesting to them, but it's it's not even packaged for them. I think that's the point. I think going back to this Westminster bubble, which is an industry and it's a closed circle and the way politics is spoken about is very masculine, it uses, for want of a better phrase, a very masculine language. Mm-hmm. So we don't talk to women as such. And I found on Instagram where I'm doing little videos now and so on. And it's like, I get, obviously I get that, Carol, you know, I, I oh, that's making me mad. And it's largely women who, you said earlier, you know, what's the difference between a million and a billion? Well, for instance... Youth clubs, the the investment in the young has been decreased by a billion pounds a year. That's a billion pounds. So they've closed like 900 youth clubs. They've closed all these facilities all around the country. And that's how I like to explain things. Um, and, And I want to do a lot more of that. You know, envision, and so on, so that that people get it. And it's not that they're not interested; it's that the bubble tries to keep the whole thing within the bubble, and that's what's wrong. And that's how social media can smash it. Mm, Yeah, because we are the outside, and we and we do influence um, in the I hope in the right way. And most under forties get their news. Not from mainstream, they get it from social media, and that is the power. I've got to hold on to that.
2: I think Labour could, should be doing more certainly to target the younger vote. Like, I think education would be an area for that. But just on Labour, yeah, are you hopeful? Do you think we'll feel a difference if they come into power?
3: I think you can't expect there to be a difference on day one. I fully expect them to come in running. You know, the, so that they're not on the starting line like having a cup of tea and then ambling along like something from Monty Python. You know, it's not It's not like that. They're already uh, gearing up. As we know, um, Keir Starmer has asked soon ac- uh, access to the civil service. I know all that's happening because they have to. Uh, I think what a lot of people don't understand, and this, I'm not defending anybody or anything, is when they say we don't know how much money there is there, they don't because they're not allowed access to. That. I mean, it's remarkable that the opposition, yeah. who will probably become the government, are not given access to data. So how can they cost up anything? So
2: even at the Well, that's what, or, te- that's what they're trying to tell. That's what they're trying to tell you. Yeah.
3: You know, I bet um, there's not much. they're not allowed access.
2: To <laughs> there's contracts. not much. We, yeah. we've, got, we've got national debt at record levels. Yes, yeah, it's, it's at more than 100% a hundred percent of yeah. GDP. Yeah. So. Do you know the notes? Yeah. They're going
1: to need a bigger note. They're going to need a <laughs> yeah. bigger blooming note. Yeah. And talking of social media, who do you just enjoy following? And this doesn't necessarily have to be about politics either. Sort of if you're yeah. having just a bit of a scroll, a bit of Carol time, you know, what is there anybody specifically that you think is worth a follow or that you enjoy?
3: Well, I would say Twitter, her ex, um, it's mainly political, so yeah. probably very similar. We have similar patterns, don't we, and people that, who we follow. Um, but I do love reading people's responses. Uh, I have found uh, many issues, not because I've gone looking for them, but because people have said, Carol, please have a look at this. Carol, please have a look at that. And then I'll say, well, I'll have a look or tell me more, send me the link because we are in it together, I'll, you know, have a bit of a deeper dive on it before I'll then go, oh, right, actually, this is an issue. This government is just trying to destroy everything. There is no bar too low for them. And you think, well, they can't do that. It's like, how low can you go? They can go lower. How low can yeah. you go? They're on the floor. They're they are on the floor. just but you have to have hope. Yes. And you have to go, bye, uh, and turn your back. It's a bit like when people have a breakup, for instance, um, and all they do is talk about it for the next 25 years. No. Clean cut. See you. Bye. Right, now we're dealing with it. We're getting on. Yeah. And that is the attitude that I want to see. However, because of this broken democracy that we have in the house of lords the tory lords because they've been ramming them into the lords uh they have well let's say twice as many as labour do so they are going to be chucking the laws that labour are trying to pass they're going to be chucking it back from the lord there's no doubt because that they are just sheets, basically. Well, soon I could put so, a load
1: more in, won't he, as well?
3: Yeah. But, do you see what, do you yeah, see what I mean? I'll soon I could be in California. Oh, he will By the know. weekend.
1: He hasn't got any friends, anyway. Yeah. His wife. <laughs> Trying to cram yeah. her in. Okay, we're going to do a little quick fire round. Yeah. Quick answers. Okay.
2: Worst Tory PM?
3: Johnson. Mm, fine.
1: Which flight will take off first? A deportation flight to Rwanda or Sunax to Santa Monica?
3: <laughs> I think we've answered that. Definitely Sunax.
2: Yeah. What would you do if there were to be a shock and the Tories won the next election? They won't. I hope you're right. Oh, can I just follow that up with, what are you going to do when the Tories lose the election? Hey?
3: <gasps> we are going to party <laughs> like it's... 1999. I tell you what, I am going to be so hungover. Yeah. Should we get I... our boobs and bum out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get them talking. <laughs> <laughs> Do a little special video for Sean Bailey. This one's for you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, gosh. Oh dear, that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> would you ever run to be an MP?
3: No. I I think because you have to look after a constituency and you have to live in that constituency and all of that. And I I don't know. Yeah.
2: Who is the Tory MP that you are most looking forward to seeing lose their seat?
3: Well, there is rather a selection, uh, but I think you could probably guess which one, but we shall. Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Right. I think that brings us to the end. Carol, you're a bloody ledge. (laughs) Thank you for reminding us that we can have it all. We can have bums. We can have boobs. And we can get right under the skin of the Tories.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you so much indeed. And every single time we do a trawl, we always finish with a little bit of pudding. So today, it's the exploding heads and Colin in Portsmouth is furious with our Vorders.
0: Colin is in Portsmouth. Hello, Colin. Here's a countdown conundrum for you, oh, Count right, okay. T, another yeah. T, R. Give me a sec there, Colin. Just Woke traitor. I've got ratio Ewok. Carol Vorderman's not an Ewok. Ewoks are kind. Ewoks are trustworthy. Ewoks are on the right side of history.
2: This is because Carol Vorderman has begun lifting the lid on the shady dealings in the Conservative Party, isn't it, Clever Colin? Clever
0: women from Countdown have been radicalised. Right. If it's not Carol Romaniac Vorderman, it's Susie bloody dead with meanings of obscure words that just so happen to criticise Boris. We know what you're up to, Susie, and it's disgusting. Are you calling Countdown a daytime TV sleeper cell, Colin? I'm not being funny, mate, but I wouldn't be surprised if they find bomb-making material during the numbers round. Right. The elderly don't have a clue what they're watching. Well, no wonder Nadine Doris wanted Channel 4 privatised. It's a pandemic, Anthony. I'm telling you, Rishi Sunak, any woman who's good at anagrams, get their phone tapped. Richard Wiley did not die in vain for this. Anyway, mate, thanks for having me on. Love to the family. Love to the family, Colin. Love to the family. I haven't got a hard on. Right.